Well, thank you for joining the, the third session in this in, important conversation about prayer and spiritual warfare. Uh, we've had a really good time of interaction here during the break and some important questions to the point that we may have to do an addendum at the end of this video. Uh, but uh, in, this, in this session, let's really tackle um, the idea of proactive biblical prayer, how much that's needed, <clears throat> what that is, and also what role that plays. Um, Dr. Aiken, we're, we're, we're a great commission seminary. We, we want to, to be a part of God redeeming the nations. Um, can, you, can you talk to us for just a second? What, what role do you believe prayer would play in great commission fulfillment, in evangelism, pushing back the darkness, um, and uh, just any comment you might have on, on that as far as the Great Commission uh, aspects of biblical prayer? Well, I think on the most simple foundational level is we will not push back the darkness apart from prayer. Mm -hmm. And we will not uh, sufficiently be a part of what God is doing in fulfilling the Great Commission apart from prayer. And so we need to have built into our lives uh, disciplines that are going to lead us to have a regular prayer life, to have a prayer life for the nations. I, I give a practical example. Uh, I encourage all the students that graduate from here uh, to do two things for me. Number one, give me a prayer card. And then secondly, put me on their uh, email when they send out a prayer uh, update. And every time I get one, I pray for them specifically where they are and what God is doing uh, in them and through them. I also subscribe daily uh, to the Joshua Project mm -hmm. that sends out every single day a new people group right. uh, that is usually in the category of unreached, less than 2% evangelical, in many cases 0%. And uh, I pray for that every morning. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing, One of the first things I do when I get up, uh, I go to my computer and I, I check that. And so that, number one, keeps me aware of what's going on in the world. Secondly, it keeps me in touch specifically with individuals. I don't lose the big, well, we got 5,000 missionaries. Well, yeah, but I've got particular ones I pray for when they come to my attention. And like we did today, and we'll not mention any names, but in chapel today, we prayed for one of our sisters that right now is facing very dire circumstances in a particular country overseas. And I've determined as a result of today just to pray for her daily. Uh, until that situation is resolved. And so I don't think we will ever see the nations come to Christ. They're going to come to Christ, but God has ordained that it will come through the means of prayer, not excluding uh, the other things we do. But if prayer is not a vital component of our strategy, then it's all for naught. Right. So when we talk about biblical prayer, we talk about the missional aspect of prayer. We also talk about the intimate aspect of prayer and, and the way that it cre creates or should create intimacy with Christ in our life. Um, Dr. Schofield, why don't, Chris, why don't you pop in here and just talk to us a little bit. You, you've written a lot and you've shared a lot about Jesus and missional prayer, about how prayer creates this intimacy with Christ. I want you, want you to share with us a few moments about some of the things that you've seen and you've learned. Well, <clears throat> you know, one of the key texts is John 17. I, I, uh, I, I've just been for probably five or, well, probably ten years. Yeah, as long as intrigued. I've known you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for a long time. Intrigued with that great prayer. It just keeps, I, I just keep seeing how it relates to, to all of Scripture 
it, it just it, it just blows me away when I look at how Jesus prayed and uh, what he prayed toward. He prayed toward the Father. You know, Father. It's used six times throughout the prayer. Father. It's about the Father. The hour has come. Well, what hour? It's the Father's hour. And he prays toward those purposes mm -hmm. of the Father. Well, what does he pray? That, the, that the, the Son would be glorified so that he might glorify the Father. And when we look at that on the surface, we say, well, what is Jesus? He wants to be glorified. He wants to be lifted up. Well, what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about lifting the Son up on the cross lifting him up through the, the grave, you know, that whole element in John's gospel of the lifted up sayings of Jesus. It's tremendous when you examine that and you see, wow, he's praying toward the suffering servant. Mm -hmm. Wow. What does that mean? Well, he's dying to himself. In order for the Father to be glorified, he's got to die. And so that's missional biblical prayer at the heart of it. But he also prays toward the giving of eternal life. You know, this is eternal life, that you, you may know the only true God through his son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we must pray toward the giving of eternal life. You know, and that involves praying for lost people, but it also involves praying for Christian witnesses. When you look at the New Testament, you see probably 75% of the prayer texts relate to believers but believers being on mission. We, we often, in, in, in the practical life of prayer, in the life of uh, Christians throughout the church, <laughs> the last 18 years serving our denomination in prayer, most of our praying is about ourselves. It's about what we want God to do for us, to bless us, to... To, to, to bless our plans, our agendas, our services, everything else. But when I look at John 17, that's totally, uh, Jesus prays in an opposite way. He prays toward the dying to self. He prays toward the character of the believer. He prays toward, if you will, a believer being set apart in the truth of God. But he also prays, Toward oneness. I mean, that's a, something we really haven't hit on. I mean, how is the enemy destroying the, the missional vibrancy of the church? <laughs> Through relationships that are splintered, you know. Oneness, but oneness with him in intimacy, oneness with one another that's based in agape love that we, you know, we love one another. I mean, let's face it, we all get we get irritated by other people, all of us. I mean, we all get on each other's nerves mm -hmm. at times. That's because some of them are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but we do. But the reality of it is, as Christians, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. And as you, you look at John 17, you see Jesus moving, saying, this oneness happens because of my manifest holy presence in the lives of my people, and, and, and it's lived out as they love one another. Hmm. And then the last thing that he prays toward is presence. He says, Father, I desire that all those whom you've given me will be with me where I am. There's a tendency to just look at that in an eschatological kind of understanding and say, Wow, and we've done this, the gospel music, we've done this. What a day of rejoicing that's going to be. But 
It's a whole lot more than heaven. He's praying that we would be with him where he is. Well, where is Jesus? Well, he's in our hearts and our lives in intimacy. We want to be with him and step with him. But where is Jesus? Well, when, when he comes, he will convict concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ. What's he doing right now? He's doing that in our world. He wants us with him. Mm-hmm. where he is in the Great Commission. And so what if we turned our prayers around and said, Father, we want to be with you where you are that we might behold your glory. Instead of, oh, Father, will you just bless us? Will you just be with us? To me, there's just so much there. You know, we, we don't have the time for it tonight. But wow, when I look at that prayer, I have, I, that, has, that radically changed my life. In my as in prayer as a Christian, when I began to dig into John 17, and I'm gonna tell you, it's continuing to. And so I've prayed, you know, for Christians God's given to me to pray for, my family, uh, for probably 15 years, John chapter 17, and I pray that daily. And let me tell you, when you begin to see God answer some of those prayers and character and and and, and missional desire in the hearts of people, it's just, it encourages you to say, yes, I need to be proactive in this, Mm -hmm. in my life as a Christian, to pray biblically. How did Jesus, those were the individuals that were gonna take the gospel to the world. Mm -hmm. They were eyewitnesses of the Christ. He was praying for them. And then he prays, not just for them, but for those who will believe through their witness That's down through the ages. That's us right here. He's praying with a long-range understanding that the way I pray not only impacts the now, but future generations. And, 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 And it transcends that. And so why don't I pray in that way? Yeah, There's so much that Chris just said. I could listen to him all night talk about that. I think Paul helps us really practically here. Uh, in, in Ephesians 6 where he says, you pray for me that I'll speak the gospel boldly. boldly yeah. Colossians 4, he says, pray for me that I'll speak the gospel clearly and that God will open a door. And so just practically, we need people praying for us. If Paul needed people praying for him hmm. to be a witness, oh, yeah. surely to goodness, we, we all do. And, and then at the same time, many, many times when he describes lostness, he describes lost people in terms of spiritual warfare. They are in darkness, according to Colossians 1. They're blinded by the God of this world in 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, they are following the prince of the power of the air in Ephesians 2. They're, they're in the snare of the devil in, in 2 Timothy uh, 2. Jesus' words to, to uh, Paul and his, his conversion in Acts 26, as Paul tells the story, Jesus talks about lost people in darkness in the devil's kingdom. And so... Uh, we see the, the people we're trying to reach are held in darkness and our call is to invade that darkness with the light of the gospel. How do we not do that with people praying for us? And then, and then Paul says, my heart's desire, my prayer for Israel is that they, Paul got it, that only God can open up those blinded minds. And yet I think, and you, you use the word, and Chris uses the word proactive prayer, I, I fear again that we pray for each other even as we go out to do this work and for our pastors and for our church leaders, our missionaries, we pray for each other 
typically only in response to a problem. Right, reactively. When, when we ought to be praying because we are brothers and sisters in Christ, in preparation for the battle, not in response to the battle. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think that's, 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 you're saying something there. It really does matter what we pray toward for people. And, you know, I think about what Paul prayed. I urge you that, that petitions and prayers and supplications and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for rulers and kings and those in authority, uh, that, you may that we may live a tranquil and a quiet life in all godliness and dignity. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and, and come to the knowledge of the truth. I mean, what did he pray toward? It all moved toward the fulfillment of the mission. I mean, he, th these prayers, these petitions, these these uh, need-based prayers, all of these things, they move toward the fulfillment of the Great Commission uh, in people's lives. And so how are we praying for one another? You know, the purpose of godly character, is it just so that we might be known as a, a, a godly person? Of mm. course not. It's so that God might truly use us as an instrument to see his kingdom move forward because that's what he has saved us for as his people, that he might be glorified hmm. in and through our lives. Hmm. So let's talk for a few minutes, if we can. Let, let's get real practical, because I, I want to make sure before we're done that we give some real, real practical ideas here. Talk to me about how you pray. Uh, I, I mean practically, not just what you pray, but how you pray. Uh, and, and any advice, any, any ideas, I, they don't have to be creative and new. They can be the old standards. But let's talk about for a few minutes. Uh, just as, as people are watching this and for the folks here, uh, here's how I've developed this habit of prayer. This is how I'm living this habit of prayer in my life. This is this discipline in my life. This is what that looks like. And so talk, talk a little bit about how do, how do you pray? Well, first of all, I make no claims to do it well. I think the, the more you grow in the Lord, the more you realize you, you've got a lot, lot to learn. And so even as I listen to Dr. Schofield and Dr. Gaines and Dr. Ellis this week, I, I come out of this week thinking, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And I, I don't belong <laughs> on, this, on this chair right now. Um, but, but some things that have helped me, John, uh, just practically starting the week by thinking about what do I want to pray about each day. So, mm -hmm. so even on a Sunday, just stopping and thinking, all right, Monday this week is going to be, I want to focus on this, Tuesday this, Wednesday this, and that may change every week. Uh, I, I did away with a long time ago this sense of I have to pray for everything every day mm -hmm. uh, because it always seemed defeating because you never got to everything. And so I tend to think more in terms of a week Am I covering the things that I want to pray about during the week? Uh, also, I don't have a set time where I take an hour and set aside to pray. Some folks do. I think that's great. Uh, where I, I function best thinking in terms of find those slots of time during the day where I can just get along with the Lord and pray. And so if it's, if it's six, ten-minute times, that's still an hour. It's just spread out for, because my schedule is so crazy Sometimes I have to find, find the time. But if I know what I want to focus on, that's helpful to me. Our, our church doesn't use a, a, a bulletin, but I, I tell churches 
that if you do have a bulletin, use your bulletin to help guide you in prayer. Uh, that calendar on the back of the bulletin that tells you everything that's happening during the week, let that, if, if something's happening in your church on Tuesday night, you ought to be praying about that on Tuesday night. Uh, let that become a prayer guide. Find those, those triggers that say, I need to be covering this in prayer. Mm-hmm. Dr. Aiken? I always try to start off, and, and I, again, I, I could not reaffirm more what Chuck said. I don't feel like I should be here when it comes to this particular area because I feel like it's one of the weakest areas of my life. Having said that, I try to begin each morning, uh, not with a long period of prayer, but I basically thank the Lord for another day of life. Uh, there's some particular things, well, I call it, and I don't mind sharing with the group, uh, I have what I would call my, my cancer quartet. Uh, there are four dear people in, in my life right now that are fighting very serious battles with cancer. And God just laid it on my heart to pray for them every day, and I do, every single day. Uh, we've just come through a very tumultuous time with our election, and um, no one is at a loss of where my thoughts are on all of this, but I also know what the Bible teaches. And so I, I'm praying currently every day for our current administration and Congress, governors, so on. And I'm already praying for those that will take uh, office come January, uh, asking God to save them if they're not saved, uh, and then asking God to grant them his wisdom, uh, that they would uh, uh, lead justly and righteously and promote those things that are honoring to Him. As I mentioned earlier, uh, first thing every morning uh, when I go to my computer, uh, I look at the Joshua Project, and there's a people group there that uh, needs to be prayed for. And so I, pr- I read through all of the description about that particular people group, where they are, what they are in bondage to, uh, what needs to happen to get the gospel to them, and, and I pray for them. And then one thing the Lord's been doing, and I'm still working through it, I, I, and I don't think I will arrive, but you have that verse in First Thessalonians where it says, pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. Well, that clearly does not mean you pray 24-7 because you can't do that. You do go to sleep. And so even that would be ruled out. But there are other aspects of your life that you can't uh, be in your prayer closet uh, praying. But I don't think that's what it meant anyway. I think it talks about living a life that is in constant conversation with the God. Mm-hmm. Just like if my wife were with me uh, by my side all the time, or one of my children were by me all the time, we would just be in a constant ebb and flow, very natural, very normal conversation. <laughs> and I'm kind of mad at myself that I had not thought stronger about this earlier in my life because I think I wasted many years. I also think it would have made me a better person in terms of how I would deal with people and respond to people. I, I think I would watch my tongue uh, better if I were in a constant conversation. with my, I don't have to say everything that pops into my mind. And some of the stuff doesn't even need to pop into my mind, but dear God, at least leave it there and, and, and not, you know, let it come out here. And I realize that the strength for that is not in me, but it certainly is in Him. And so I'm asking the Lord to help me develop the discipline of praying without ceasing so that just 
talking with the Lord throughout the day is just a regular, normal ebb and flow of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm making some very short baby step gains, but that's an agenda that I have for me for the rest of my life. Sure. And, and John, that's where it's helped me to find just those pockets of time during the day mm-hmm. when, when I've got 10 minutes where I could do nothing or I can just close my door and talk to the Lord. Yeah. Or take a walk and talk to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's just throughout the day, and it, I sleep better at night, and I wake up a whole lot happier when mm-hmm. that's the way you... And, and let me say this. We, and again, I, I think I got trapped into this way of thinking as well. Real prayer's done in a prayer closet on your knees. Well, I'm not saying it can't be done, but why can't I pray with the Lord when I'm walking? That's right. Why can't I talk to the Lord when I'm in my car? Why don't I turn off the radio mm-hmm. and I'm driving somewhere and talk with Him? just like I would be talking to you all right now. Why not? I don't think he said, well, that don't count. Uh, that, that don't work. Now, I think the problem's not with him. The problem is with me having the discipline. Uh, and, the, and again, right. back to Steve's thing, which again is so doggone convicting. You talk to the people you love. Mm-hmm. You just do. And you talk about the people you love, which of course he's then bringing together prayer and evangelism. Mm-hmm. And so... I hate to think that I don't love the Lord as much as I sometimes give the air that I do. That that grieves me. Chris? Well, I'm there with the the unceasing prayer. The Lord's been teaching me uh, that uh, for years now. Um, And it seems as if, and I'm with uh, Dr. Lawless too, you know, the more you study about prayer, the more you realize you don't know and how much we we uh, have have to learn about it, and uh, and I, when I was a young believer, uh, something radically changed my time with the Lord, and that is uh, one morning I went to the breakfast table, and my dear wife Tammy's here, and she bear witness to this, and I was I was aggravated because I'd had my quiet time, and um, so uh, she looked at me and she says, why? Are you so cross? I said, well, I'm frustrated because I have all these devotionals and I'm trying to get through these devotionals and these scripture verses and these prayer lists and I just can't do it. I got to go to work. And she looked at me and she says, is it really all about getting through those things? And wow, I got mad at her. <laughs> and, and so I, I went out the door, and that day I, I did. I was a park ranger at that time. And uh, so when I came back home, all day the Lord worked on my heart. And I came back, and I had to repent and eat crow. Have you all ever eaten crow? It's, it's pretty tasty. And so I had to say I'm sorry and repent to the Lord. And, and that night before I went to bed, I, I went and got alone with God. And it was during that time that God just spoke into my heart through his word and said, please make this time about me mm-hmm. and not about you and what you do. Mm-hmm. Make it about me mm-hmm. and encountering me. So, so that has radically, and, and even now I find that I, my prayers have gotten shorter. Because God, as, as, I, as I try to grow in Christ, 
I, I want to hear more from him. You know, and listen to him because, wow, he's got a lot to say to me, and I got a lot to learn. So you're saying less and listening more. I'm saying less and listening more. And that what I'm saying, he's teaching me that they don't have to be long, drawn-out prayers because they can be based upon his word and very brief and very short, but, but very pointed yeah. and strategic. That's, right. That's so. good. So prayers, warfare, but also prayers, worship. Yeah. And to recognize the intimacy that it produces. Um, I, I have the privilege of teaching evangelism, as does Dr. Lawless. And, and one of the things, some of you have been students in my class, and one of the things that I talk a lot about is praying evangelistically and, and, and uh, even have a prayer guide that we use in class. We actually take class time to pray for lost people together in our class and, and to think in terms of how God has to shift their hearts. And, and so one of the things that we'll make sure that we do for those of you who go to the website and those of you who are here, go to the website and we're going to try to get you links and, and some resources like that, some samples of things. Um, Dr. Schofield, who works with the State Convention of North Carolina, produces tons of prayer resources. And so I would challenge you to go to the website for the North Carolina Baptist Convention and find his office. And there's, there are prayer guides, there are prayer walking guides, there are 30 days of prayer guides, all kinds of things that, that he writes on a regular basis um, that you would really want to see there. And of course, don't, don't forget, everybody you know should have a copy of Discipled Warrior and uh, get Dr. Lawless's books, uh, all of them. And uh, since he's here, by every commentary that Dr. Aiken ever wrote. So, uh, <laughs> oh, that was on the camera. Because, uh, because, because uh, as we would say in biblical languages, they're good. So, uh, uh, so pick up those resources. But on the website, seriously, we'll, we'll try to get you some links and some downloadable uh, resources for you to follow up with this, uh, with this as well. Uh, we're so much more we ought to be talking about this. I mean, we're just really on the tip of the iceberg. Um, thank you all so much for coming out, and thank you all for being here. We're going to join together here in a guided prayer experience that Dr. Schofield is going to lead us in uh, to pray for the end of our semester, to pray for our graduates, but also to pray about some of these things we've been talking about uh, before we leave here. And so I hope that wherever you are that you'll stop and uh, maybe pull out John 17. Uh, and read through that and have a time of prayer based on John 17 in your own heart with the Lord. And Dr. Lottis alluded to this verse, and it's one of my favorite verses, Romans 10.1, where Paul says it was his heart's desire and his prayer to God that the Hebrews or the Israelites would be saved. Don't forget to pray for someone you know who doesn't know Christ today and lift them up. Make it your passion and your prayer before God to lift them up before the king so that he might open their eyes and he might draw them to him and they might be saved. Thank you all so much for being a part of this tonight.